0: you
1: This is Shannon Davis, the Omega Man, and welcome. We're going to get our program started here momentarily. Welcome aboard. This is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. We're going to have on here in just a minute uh, Pastor Michael Cummins, coming to you from London, England, or thereabouts, somewhere in that area. And um, this will be our first program today, and then we'll be back tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. We were off a couple days, and um, I had to go to U.S. Consulate today and working on renewing a passport for one of our sons. So got that knocked out, and everything's good. And I will be back to work uh, beginning right now. Okay, let's go ahead and get it started, and we're going to dial Brother Michael standby. Well, praise the Lord. Hi there. Let's do a sound check. How's my audio coming through, Brother Michael?
0: wonderful very good is mine coming all right with you oh
1: yours is perfect fantastic
0: that's wonderful i'm very very pleased to speak to you how yeah. you doing
1: hey likewise my friend hey we're doing okay praise the lord good. um if things
0: so if things settle down a bit with your end you know with your housing and everything else everything okay now
1: well we are definitely uh still in transition but um i believe it's gonna be okay um I took it to the Lord in prayer, and I said, "Father God, wherever you want us to be, I'm willing to go." And um, I think, of course, He's going to keep us here for at least another year in Bali. So I said, "You know, okay. we're asking uh, that you would help us to find the right place to rent." So, please continue to lift us up in prayer. Um, but I, I feel peace about it, Brother Michael. I think uh, God's going to uh, show us the right rental property. Uh, we've been here seven years. This month, it's pretty amazing. And uh, Amen. It's time for a move, but got to work it out. Uh, I'm at peace with that. I, I, and,
0: uh, okay.
1: I was down at the U.S. consulate today. Uh, we had to renew, uh, one of our son's passports. So, uh, we've been recently been, uh, doing runs to the consulate, uh, get everybody's paperwork in order, which is something God told me to do. And, um, this should be our last trip for a while. Uh, we've got all the kids in, including Mama. Um, underway to have you know fresh passports, so um, I tell you what it, it feels good to get that job done.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, well that's a worry off your mind, isn't
1: it? Yes, sir. That's but, a um, big,
0: big worry.
1: How are things going at your end, my friend?
0: Well, not, not too bad, not too bad, I, I'm waiting, I've got four weeks to wait before I get the update on the cancer, when I get the latest blood test results and everything else, so I'm trusting in the Lord.
1: Let's pray about that right now. May we do that? Amen. And folks, yes, sir, if sir, you are just sir. joining us, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here with Pastor Michael Cummins. He's come to you from England, and we got a great program for you. Um, we're back officially starting now. We were uh, down a few days, but uh, praise the Lord, we're ready to roll. Let's pray for Brother Michael. Father, Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we lift up Pastor Michael to you. Brother Michael, we plead the blood of Jesus over you. And we're asking, Father God, that you would speak your word. And he can be healed. We're asking that you would target any area in his body that may need a healing tonight. And we speak to that area. And we command it to be healed and made whole in Jesus' name. We command your PCA PSA to go down to zero. In the mighty name of Jesus. Anything that's inside of you that was not planted by the Lord Jesus Christ we command it to be uprooted. In the mighty name of Jesus and go We rebuke the spirit of destruction, premature death, sickness, cancer. Loose them in the mighty name of Jesus. Loose me and loose anyone out there that may be under attack tonight in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against you, my brother, shall prosper. We break every word curse that's ever been spoken over you or your family, and we lift it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak to your body. Be healed and made whole in Jesus Christ's name. Father God, touch him. We cover you in the blood of Jesus. And Father God, and let the report come back good. We pray right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we also bind up and rebuke every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay. All witchcraft that would come against you, Brother Michael, me, or anyone that are part of these programs. We rebuke those spirits and command them to loose us all and go. In Jesus' name right now, we break every curse spoken against us Lift it right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you Jesus. Brother Mike I'll tell you something. The enemy is not happy that we're here doing this program today.
0: No I know he's not. I know he's not. The enemy is very upset. And you know. As I say. As I always say to the devil. You do your worst and God will do his best. Hallelujah.
1: And I say that only to make mention of because that is inspiring to me. If we were not doing damage to the enemy, he would leave us alone.
0: No, no, he would. That's true.
1: Praise That's true.
0: God. Well, I'm, I'm used to it all my life now, or most of my life. It doesn't bother me at all. As I said, all of us have got to fear God. Uh, don't Amen. worry about the devil. His power is limited. Hallelujah. Yes,
1: it is. Praise God. And Praise folks, God. Uh, uh, the Lord will be with us. We just, we do not stop. We keep taking territory for Jesus. Well. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Pastor Michael, would you like to open the program up in prayer? And The mic is yours. you got all the time you want.
0: Certainly. We're going to be speaking today about overcoming the spirit of fear. And the spirit of fear, Lord, is Satan's number one weapon against believers. And we pray for everyone out there. If there's any fear in your life, we will make sure that we will teach you today how to eradicate it, how to come against it, and how to overcome it fear is not your portion we pray God will make you all overcomers and remember you can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth you and we praise you as we prepare we prepare for Passover and Resurrection Sunday let joy fill our hearts the joy of the Lord let it be upon us today and forever in Jesus name we pray amen
1: Amen. Always an honor to be here with you, my friend. And welcome, Sister Maria tuning in from London. Welcome, Maria. Anyone out there, uh, please invite a friend to join us. My friend, over to you. Thank you, you, sir.
0: Thank you. And I'd like to say hello to Christina and her daughter, Ariana, from Sydney, Australia. I believe they're tuning in right now. God bless you all, and God bless all the people who... Uh, listening to this program now. We're going to be talking about overcoming the spirit of fear. And as we said, Satan has many weapons in his armory, but his number one is the spirit of fear. Because if he can fill us with fear, he can, he can control our lives and overcome us and make us timid and make us really unable to live the life that God would want us to. And I ask you now, is fear controlling your lives? The media peddles scenes of war, famine, natural disasters, and the ever-present threat of nuclear war uh, regarding the war in the Ukraine. Uh, Coupled by biblical prophecy of end times, which many churches and ministries, rather than face and teach the absolute truth about it, uh, they allow people to become fearful. So this doesn't, uh, this isn't spoke about in churches and isn't study. But the word of God tells us boldly in 2 Timothy verses 1-7. And let's go there. If you've got your Bibles, please go to 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. And we'll be reading the original King James version of the Bible which gives us the correct interpretation from the original translations. Hallelujah. So let's have a look now. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So like it says there, fear is not from God. So where is fear from? Where does it come from? Fear is something that Timothy Timothy suffered when he was a timid person. And fear brings timidity, and timidity makes us, if you like, over-reserved and withdrawn. And the original description of fear was used to describe timidity and cowardice, especially when spreading the gospel. Now, I've been out and evangelized to many people, and I don't care who I speak to. But I've noticed many people, when they go out evangelizing, are very selective. They tend to give out tracts or give out leaflets to people who look like them, people they think will accept a tract or a leaflet. They haven't got the confidence to go out and give them to anyone. That's a form of timidity and a form of cowardice, especially when spreading the gospel. But if fear is allowed to take control of a person, even a Christian believer can be controlled by fear. Many, many very talented people are shackled by chains and fear. Yes, even in church, they become born again. They have great ambition to do things in the church, but fear takes over fear of failure, fear of not being able to complete what they're told to do. Many people are like that. When I was a small boy, I was bullied terrible by a couple of bigger boys who made my life a misery, and fear overcame me. I was almost frightful of everything. When I used to walk to school in the morning, and I lived very near the uh, school uh, I would see these two boys and I would wait till they went into school first and I would hide hide in the school toilets hide around the cloak rooms till I knew they'd gone in the class then I would creep in just before the bell was rang we used to ring a bell in the morning in church to say that was the time when we should all be in class and then I would wait on the way home till everyone had gone home and I would hide and I would walk home I just recovered from TB. So I wasn't in the best physical shape. And these boys made my life a misery. And I would lie awake all night thinking about the next day. What would I do to hide? What would I do to not get beaten up or not get in trouble? And this had a disastrous effect on my schoolwork. I became very behind in my schoolwork, where every other boy was learning things. Uh, we used to know the Lord's Prayer and I knew the Lord's Prayer better than anyone but we had problems with our tables with our alphabet and everything else and I was really really in a bad way. And of course these was the days that if you made a complaint against other boys, teachers wouldn't listen to you. And it just happened that these two boys who were bullying me, their father was on the school governor's board. So the teachers wouldn't hear anything. So the only way I got out of that is my father taught me to box, took me to boxing classes. And then eventually I overcome these two bullies and they ran away. But I remember the fear how it gripped me. The fear used to make me feel nauseous and sick. I used to get diarrhea and sickness, not caused by any infection, but caused by fear. And that's what fear will do to you. And that's what Satan wants to do with you. All the time you're frightened, you will be withdrawn. You will not be able to go out and step out in life and do the things God would want you to do. Anyway, The first people in the Bible to suffer from fear were Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve was given an existence that can only be described as paradise, heaven on earth. They freely communicated with God and fear had no place in their lives until they disobeyed God. And fear entered the world along with sin. And the God they openly talked with in the Bible became an object of fear, and they hid from God. Let's have a look at Genesis. Genesis three, verses eight to 10, hallelujah. Let's go there now, and let's read about the first time fear comes into the word of God, into the Bible, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid. Myself, I'll continue. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldn't not eat. And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. Hallelujah. And it shows you they disobeyed God. And because they disobeyed God, sin had come into the world. And one of the consequences of the sin was fear. And fear had now gripped their lives. They were gripped with fear and their lives became a misery. Fear changes our lives forever. Our hopes, ambitions and quality of life is controlled by our fears. We have become controlled by the devil. Evil has come upon our lives. And unless we deal with that fear, we will never be the same. I look at us as second-class believers, because though we may go to church, though we may lift our arms to the Lord and glorify his name, we're always consumed with fear. I get people ring me up all the time and say they cannot sleep. They feel they're attacked of a the night. They feel their bed shaking. They feel their bodies manipulated and touched in the night. and They're terrified. And it's very difficult for them to open up with you. And you see, there are things in their life that have opened up the door to the devil. We've spoke on these things. And I've got a lady coming to see me tomorrow afternoon. And many, many things she'd done in her young life. She was sexually abused when she was a young young child. And these things open up the door to fear. And once fear takes a grip, we become withdrawn, we become frightened, and it leads us to tell lies and be dishonest. That's why fear is such a terrible thing. Let's have a look at ambition. All of us have, have ambitions in life and fear thwarts those ambitions. We do not allow ourselves to push forward, even in ministry, because fear takes over, especially the fear of failure. So we stay put, usually following the crowd. Fear of letting God down, ourselves down, our church down. Noah never suffered from fear. He totally obeyed the call of God, despite the enormity of the job that God had given him. Hallelujah. The demonic evil that was ruining God's creation was to come to an end. And through the flood, all evil was to be destroyed by God's righteous judgment. The responsibility was enormous. Noah and his family were given the task of saving God's creation and starting again as the ark rested on Mount Ararat. God told Joshua in Joshua one verses five to nine. Let's have a look at that. Let's have a look at Joshua one verses five to nine and we'll read about what God told Joshua. These are mighty words. And I say to anyone listening to these words, please hear them because they are mighty words in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I give to thee, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the soul of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not foul thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and be of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. that thou mayst observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have a good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and be of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, withsoever thou goest. Hallelujah. Amen. God assured Joshua that he was with him, hallelujah. Even through many battles that were certain to lay ahead, Joshua had to fight many foes, more stronger, more nubrable, foes who had iron chariots, even the remnant of the Nephilim. When we are facing up to our fears, we are very vulnerable. Because Satan will do his very best to bring in outside influences. Many have professional names or titles, counselors, advisors, who will try to alleviate our fears by advising us of the right path to take. When we have been given a counselor that will never let us down, that counselor is the Holy Spirit. He will certainly never. Let us down. He is the comforter. He is the counsellor. And Jesus spoke about him while he was still on the earth. And he will never let you down. You see, many people, they seek the help of professionals who are nothing to do with God's word. Let's have a look at John 14, verses 16 to 18. And I will pray the Father... And he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and she be with you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit will never leave you or forsake you he will always be with you and you need the holy spirit to lead you to the pleasant pastures of the word of god so you can overcome fear satan wants us to make decisions based on our fears or our apprehensions and it's always concerning what could go wrong when we're gripped with fear we never think of the benefits that's gonna come to us, we just look at the fears and we look at the things that could go wrong. Outside influences which Satan will bring to bear will always try and impose their view on us so that we follow the status quo. Do we want to hear from people who are not born again? Do we really want to hear from people who don't know the Lord? Or let me give you some advice, let me help you make the right decision. We really, though can we, we can be polite, we can say no thank you. Because we have the greatest help there is, the comforter and the counsellor and the Holy Spirit. So we shouldn't allow outsiders, others who are non-Christians, to advise us. Why should born-again Christians go to secular counsellors? Why should we speak to secular people of our problems? Joshua trusted God's leadership in his life. The God who had delivered him from slavery and a tyrannical pharaoh in Egypt, the God who parted the Red Sea and set them safe upon dry land in the land of Canaan and honoured the promise that God had made all those years ago to Abraham. God is a God of promises. Satan is the king of the demons, and he bases his weapons on fear. Fear builds obstacles in our life. When we look back at our lives and see the obstacles the fear brings, and I tell you a story now of a man who came to me many years ago. This guy was named Reg. He was a good friend of mine. He's still alive. I hope he's listening to the program in East London. But he came to me and he said he was bringing his nephew to church this night. On Saturday nights in North London, in a place called Tottenham, uh, I used to rent the Anglican church out, and we used to have a healing and deliverance night in there. Reg said to me, "Can I bring my nephew?" him and his wife, they're lovely people, but she's barren, either she's barren or he's barren because they can't have a child. And I'd like you to pray for them. So we bought them on this Saturday night and they looked very reluctant. Now, the thing was they were Roman Catholics. They'd been a Roman Catholic church all their lives. And I think them listening to people speaking in tongues and the type of worship we had in this church, And when I used to have this meeting on a Saturday night, sometimes 25 people would come. Other nights, 100 people would come. It depended on the need of the people. Anyway, they came. And after I had preached and after we'd had worship, I asked them to come forward. And they both come forward. And I asked them to hold hands. And I put my hand on the lady's tummy just gently. And she shot across the room like a typhoon had took hold of her and she flew through the air. I then put my hand on the young man and the same thing happened to him. The anointing hit them like a thunderbolt. And I said to him together, when you go home after this church service and you can leave now if you wish, I want you to lay together because almost certainly you will be pregnant by the morning. I guarantee it. And that's what I said to him. Anyway, they looked at me and they looked away and you could see they was overcome with fear. Anyway, they went home and I never heard anything. And I said to Reg next time I saw him, what happened to your nephew and his wife? And they said they didn't believe what you said. And they went and checked with the Catholic priest the next day. They went to see the Catholic priest. And I believe the Catholic priest asked what I was. And when they found out I was a Pentecostal. He basically told them to take no notice and she never got pregnant. Now, I know that the anointing was so powerful on that night and I knew a miracle had taken place. But you see, because of their fear, their fear of religion, their fear of church and their fear of the Catholic Church, they missed the opportunity. And that's a true, true story. Hallelujah. Sarah Abraham's wife saw her age as an obstacle to pregnancy she saw it as a pregnancy let's have a look at Genesis 16 verses 1 to 5 and we'll read all about it hallelujah hallelujah in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord Genesis 16 1 to 5 the King James version of the Bible now Sarah Abraham's wife bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maid, it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian. After Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in with Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said unto Abraham, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. I'll read verse six. But Abram said unto Sarah, behold, thy maid is thine hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from the, her face. Hallelujah. You see, God had always promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and his seed would be as numerous as the stars of the sky. But Sarah allowed fear, or they both allowed fear to be an obstacle that stopped them from believing the promises of God. And we must believe the promises of God. We mustn't let Satan bring fear. If I was the boy I was when I was a child, I wouldn't have done anything in life. But as I got older and I studied the word of God, and God used me for miracles, miracles of deliverance. And God used me that I lost all fear, lost all fear. And as the word of God says, be bold, be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. but walk in faith and victory. For the Lord your God is with you. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Hebrews 13. Verse five. It says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Now, that's one of the things we have, that fear operates. We see other people making progress in life. And we are not making that same progress. And that fear that we see, fear of not keeping up, I don't know if this saying is the same in America, but it is so in Britain. They call it keeping up with the Joneses. You see them buying a new car. You see them maybe moving to a better house. And fear comes upon you. Fear comes upon you. I... uh, When I was first a pastor, I had very little money. I was working part-time and I was pastoring a church. So I used to drive a second-hand car, a little Ford, and it was very reliable, very good car. But I remember a man stopping me one night outside a church and he said, I can see you're a humble pastor. So I said do you know that? And he said, you drive a little car, an inexpensive car. I can see you're a humble man. He said, a bold pastor drives a Rolls Royce. And I thought that was stupid. And I wouldn't let that fear come upon me. I've seen many pastors overstretch themselves, take out large higher purchase agreements or large mortgages they're struggling to pay because they believe being a servant of God, they have to live a certain lifestyle. I rent a house now. I rent a house now. I get a salary from the church I pastor, but I rent a house now. My rent is very high. Rents in high uh, around the London area are very high, but I'm happy. I'm happy because the Lord meets all my needs. I don't have to have that fear of keeping up with the Joneses or fear people are going to look down their nose at me and say, what such pastor must he be? He can't be a successful pastor. Look at the car he drives. Look at the house he lives in. I don't take no notice of those things. Let me read that again. It's important. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So if God will never leave you or forsake you, then be happy with what you have. Do not become a snob. Do not become someone who has to think that you must have a certain lifestyle if you're a servant of God. My time with God is all about doing what I can to set the captives free. And I have no greater pleasure than being on this program, Amiga Man Radio. I've been on Christian TV for many years, but this is the best thing I've ever done. Because I'm able to speak freely and tell you the truth about deliverance. That's why I'm preaching against fear now. Do not let fear overcome you. Do not be afraid of anything. Be only afraid of the Lord God because he has the power and authority to, once the body is dead, to throw our souls into hell. The devil just wants us to make mistakes by putting pressure and fear on him. He is a liar. He is a cheat. We hate him and we detest him. And I will fight him every night when I ever live. And my last, as I draw my last breath in the world, I will fight the devil. So do not be affrightened. Jesus has overcome the devil on the cross of Calvary. He has overcome him. He has defeated him. Go to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. And let's read verses 11 to 14. Hallelujah. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end, hallelujah. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. God is with you. You don't have to fear the devil. You know, we give the devil too much. We give him too much. We give him too much praise. We're praising him when we're so frightened of him. I'm not frightened of the devil at all. Not frightened of him at all. When he attacks me, I know it's him, and I stand up and fight. If the Lord be with you, then who can be against you? God is so much greater than any fear or obstacle that you are ever going to fear. Fear will stop you from entering into spiritual warfare and put it on the armor of God. We fear the backlash or satanic attacks if we stand against Satan. You know, uh, Shannon prayed at the start of the program that we wouldn't have any backlash. Yes, it is true. When we stand against Satan, we stand against his demons. When we stand against kingdoms, strongholds, and imaginations, he will get angry with us and come against us. And it's common for us to be sleeping well in the night, and all of a sudden we wake up in apprehension and fear, and we look around the room in the darkness, believing there's something heinous some demon or evil spirit there but we know the word of god so we must stand against the devil and we must plead the blood of jesus over our lives over our beds over our sleeps we'd have nothing to be fearful hallelujah let's have a look at the book of second chronicles 20 verses 17 to 18 these are wonderful scriptures. Make a note of them if you can. That's Second Chronicles 20, verses 17 to 18. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And what to do if you wake up in a night, if you're woken and startled suddenly, and fear grips you, you know, that cold icy feeling, start praising the Lord. Start praising the Lord. As I said, I told you before, I woke up recently in the night and there was a muscular man kneeling on my bed with his fist under his chin staring at me. And I jumped out of bed and I pointed and I said, if you have come from God, you are most welcome. If you have come from Satan, then leave immediately. And he left immediately. So you have to test the spirits. Then I spent the next half hour, I suppose, praising God and thanking him. You see, who woke me up in the night so I could put on the armor and start praising God? God woke me up, hallelujah. If God be for you, then who can be against you? We all will have the victory. The Christian is full of battles we cannot face alone. Look at the battles that have been in the last, shall we say, 10 years. COVID-19, the threat of pollution, flooding, tsunamis, the fear of nuclear war, life-threatening illness, debt and poverty because of hardship, depression, divorce. Without faith to overcome fear, we will not get the better of all these things they will control us, hallelujah. When we fear, Satan brings doubt and Satan wants us to doubt God's word, especially where our salvation is concerned. Satan wants us to believe that God is a vengeful God who will punish us for our sins. So we might as well live the life to the full Because the cross is not for the likes of us. God is a God of terror. And when we die, we're all going to go to hell. We're just kidding ourselves, believing that we're saved. It's all an illusion. I have a man who's a homosexual, who once went through deliverance, but decided to go back and live a homosexual lifestyle. This man sends me loads of emails every day, insulting me, swearing against God, swearing against Jesus. He's a terrible man who lives a terrible lifestyle. I'm not angry with him, I just pity him. His life is awful. And he believes that the promise of salvation is all a lie. You see, the truth is, he's the liar he's terrified of the judgment of God we have no need to be terrified of the judgment of God because when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour we are new creations we have come in from the dark and we're now living in a place of light hallelujah 1 John 4 verses 14 to 18 says this hereby know that what we dwell in him and he is us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath for us. God is love. I'll read 19 as well. We love him because he first loved us. And fear is all about torment. That's why it's so terrible. So when Satan fills us with fear, what do we actually fear? That when we die, we're not going to go to heaven, that we're going to go to the devil in hell? Yes, that's one of the fears. That's one of the fears that Satan has put upon mankind for generation after generation. Let's have a look at another scripture. Proverbs 9, verse 10. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Hallelujah. So we need to fear God. When we truly fear God, and that's not being in terror like we are when we're being bullied or intimidated. The fear of the Lord is respect, it is reverence. We fear God because he is the creator of heaven and earth. He is our father in heaven. He is the God of Israel, Yahweh. That's why we fear him. And that's not the fear of terror because that fear brings love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son And whoever so believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what the fear or respect of reverence of the Lord brings. Fear stops you believing God's word. Peter was with Jesus all through his greatest teachings and miracles. Yet as Jesus prophesied, Peter, when facing the fear of being arrested, persecuted even executed for being a disciple of jesus jesus prophesied that he would deny him three times and let's have a look now to the gospel of luke hallelujah we'll look at luke 22 verses 54 to 62 hallelujah in the name of jesus we pray Remember what it was said. Let's read it now. Luke 22 verses 54 to 62. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down amongst them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he spoke, the cock crowed. Hallelujah. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow." Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. You see how fear had gripped Peter, that the man he admired more than anyone he'd ever met in the world, the Son of God. Peter was always saying to Jesus, I will stand by you no matter what happens. I will never desert you. I will always be with you. He was gripped with fear. Because he knew what was going to happen to Jesus and he didn't want it to happen to him. And after denying Jesus three times, he ran away weeping. And it took Jesus to restore Peter after he had risen. Throughout the Bible, men have reacted as monsters because Satan has filled their hearts with fear. Herod was filled with fear because he believed he was no longer gonna be the king of Israel. He had heard that a king had been born in Bethlehem. The three Magi had come from the east and seed Heron and inquired after where the new king was born. And Herod got fearful, he's gonna take my throne away from me. He's gonna depose me. So Herod ordered genocide And all the young children in Israel from two years uh, and younger, all the young men-child, they were all slaughtered at the behest of Herod. Caiaphas, the high priest, prior to Jesus' crucifixion, was very fearful also that the people would no longer listen to him and no longer come to see him preach or listen to the law as he had proposed it in the temple. So he wanted Jesus to be crucified. They all stood there in the crowd who were frightened, frightened probably of what the Romans would do. So they yelled, crucify him. Now what is satanic fear? Satanic fear is regarded as the Greatest ever fear because satanic fear controls us, changes our lives, will do its utmost to lead us away from the truth of Jesus Christ and the gospel. The Bible warns us and gives us victory through the word. First Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. One of the things about satanic fear, it will get us to tell lies. We will tell lies rather than tell the truth, because Satan will tell you if you tell the truth, if you're honest, you'll be punished. Why not make a story up to avoid getting in trouble? Such is fear. And the Lord warns us in Peter that we should be sober. We should be vigilant, always watching because the devil, our adversary, is like a roaring lion looking for whom to devour. He is a liar. We face the devil with the truth, because the truth will set us free in the name of Jesus. Let's have a look at James 4, verse 7. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Tell the devil to go. Verse 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. When we have sinned, one way to keep this satanic fear away from us, when we know we've sinned, if we know we've told a lie, if we know we've bore false witness, whatever we have done, we must repent of it. You see, Satan has no power over us, when we're penitent in our hearts towards God and we confess our sins. Satan hates the truth. If you're telling the truth, he cannot bring fear against you. He cannot. He's powerless. Let's have a look at the book of Revelation. Revelation 2, verse 11. He that have an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. What a wonderful promise. The second death is the judgment, the final judgment. The first death is the physical death, and then comes judgment. Hallelujah. He that hath a hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh, shall not be hurt of the second death. This is the victory over Satan. We shall not be hurt because we are steadfast. We are true. We are honest. We are believing that Jesus Christ died for us. We believe that Jesus Christ has overcome the devil. And if he has overcome the devil, we shall overcome the devil. Last scripture at this moment. Revelation 20, verse 14. And it says about that judgment, hallelujah. And it says, and death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's verse 15. Of course, if you have accepted Jesus Christ in your life today, then you will overcome the devil, you will overcome hell. And death and hell and all its inheritance will be cast into the lake of fire, and that is the second death. And your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So don't fear today what Satan can do to you. Tell him he's a liar. Satan's number one weapon is fear. Fear of almost everything. If we're a child, we're frightened of the dark. Fear of going to sleep as we get older, especially my age, 71. Fear of death and then fear of judgment. In our working life or in our ministerial life, fear of failure, fear of illness, fear of rejection, fear of demons, fear of witchcraft, It goes on forever. Take your stand against the enemy today and in his number one weapon, fear. Remember, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. So fear is not from the Lord or from the word of God. God will protect you against fear. You must stand up against it. Jesus has overcome the world and Satan. and if we are born again, then he that is in us is greater than He that is in the world. I'm going to pray for you now. If there's anyone listening to this program who was gripped with fear, anyone who was backslidden in any way has lost their way with the Lord, I'm going to give you an opportunity. This is Holy Week. In a few days' time, we will celebrate the greatest Passover of all, when our Lord and Saviour Jesus goes to the cross of Calvary and dies for us all. If you want the Lord back in your life or you've never known him yet, you're just listening to this program to see what it's like. I'm going to say this prayer. If you say it with me or say amen at the end, then you will be born again. Lord Jesus, I know you are the son of God. I know you are the son of man and that you died for me. Come into my life, be my personal Lord and savior. Forgive me my sins, I repent of my sins. Because I know that you died for me on the cross of Calvary. So I can be forgiven from the consequences of my sins. Send your Holy Spirit to me. Fill me today. Create in me a new heart. And make me a new creation today and forever. Thank you Lord for dying for me. Thank you, Lord, for giving your life for me. And I promise to love you and worship you forever. In your holy name I pray, amen. If you have said that prayer or amen at the end or agreed with that prayer, you are now born again. You are a new creation and your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you are gripped with fear, that fear will evaporate now. I tell you, Satan is a liar and you don't have to listen to anything he says. God has equipped you with powerful weapons. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God. You have the anointing that comes from the throne of grace. So let us go boldly unto the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. Thank you for listening to this program. I sincerely hope you have a wonderful Passover and a wonderful Resurrection Sunday at this most marvelous time of the year. God bless you all, and I'll be with you next Wednesday.
1: Amen. Brother Michael, great message today. Folks, if you're just joining us, we're live with Pastor Michael Cummins. Brother Michael, tell people about your church there in England, if they're in the area and like to come out and fellowship. Also, how can people reach you uh, from anywhere? Uh, Do you have a website? Is there a way they can support your ministry?
0: Yes, yes, of course. Well, the church I pastor is called Kilburn, which is K-I-N-B-U-R-N, Christian Fellowship, and that's in London NW6. Uh, If you put Kilburn Christian Fellowship into your search engine. It will come up with all the details there. If you want to hear some more preaching, I've got about 60 preachings on there on the preaching and teaching page. Most of them are on deliverance. There's other subjects as well. And if you want to contact me personally, I have a mobile phone number, which is 07469 235351. Uh, I've got an email address, which is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, all one word, 123 at AOL.com. There is also a PayPal account listed at that email address. So if you would like to support me uh, in my ministry, then you certainly can. Uh, If you're in the London area, we're not too far from central London. There are buses that go from Victoria Station. There's a short walk from a underground tube station, so you can always come and see us. We meet every Sunday. The service starts at 11.15 to 1 o'clock. We have Bible study every Thursday from 12 to 2, and on Friday evening we have a prayer intercession. Whether you're tormented by demons, whether you're addicted, whatever you've got problems with, the Lord is waiting to meet you and he will deliver you from all your problems. Amen.
1: I see. Amen to that. Uh, Brother Michael, what shall we title today's broadcast for the archive?
0: Overcoming Fear.
1: I love it. Praise the Lord. My friend, we love you. It's an honor to work with you and what a powerful message today. If you're coming in late out there, I'm going to get up in the archives here in just a few minutes. Please share it with a friend, brother Michael. We'll see you next week, same time.
0: Same time, and have a lovely, lovely Passover, all of you, in Jesus'
1: name. Also to you, my friend. God bless God you. God bless you. Thank you, brother Michael. Thank you
0: very much. Bye bye.
1: I want to thank again, sister Maria, of London, for introducing us to brother Michael. I tell you what, I am uh, so happy to be able to bring him to you on this broadcast please write him let him know you're enjoying the program and if you'd like support his ministry you can do that via his PayPal well friends we're back uh, we've been off a few days um, it wasn't on purpose but what happened is I had to um, well there was a purpose for me being off let me, let me say it another way um, I had to go down and take care of passport renewal for our son Judah today we'd already completed that for uh, Jeremiah and Jemima a few weeks ago got them all taken care of Judah's the last one and everything went swell today um, so we had a lot on our plate past couple of days but got that taken care of and those things are good for five years so I'm real happy uh, to have that finally complete uh, we've got uh, more work to do but I don't believe it's going to interrupt interrupt the uh, schedule. So, um, thank you again uh, for tuning in today. We'll see you back again tonight. God bless you. We'll be on tonight, Thursday, and Friday. So, uh, please tune in. Go to my website, omegamanradio.com. Uh, that is the one consistent thing in uh, all that we do. We've got that website. That will be here till the Lord takes me home or He comes back, whichever comes first. Um, not... The case, so with Facebook. I have killed Facebook for the 20th time. <laughs> no offense this time uh, being on Facebook, uh, but I realize it's just a dud. Uh, don't get too many replies up there. Not much going on. I don't know. I just feel like it's a wasted effort, so I just uh, cut my losses and uh, got rid of it because I don't like Facebook anyway, but I was hoping we could... Uh, use it to expand a program, and that wasn't the case, really. Didn't do too much. Uh, I, I call called a dud. I think Facebook's pretty much dead anyway. Most people know that, but at any rate, uh, we're looking for greener pastures, and maybe some fresh social media platform. But uh, on a more positive note, uh, YouTube is expanding. I have set up a second YouTube channel, so we got one for the Omega Man Radio podcast and one from Mega Man TV, the TV broadcast. And uh, I have links uh, to that uh, up on my website, I believe. I'm going to double check that, though. If not, I'll fix it. But uh, get over there, and if you'd like to, subscribe, and uh, you'll get alerted when we post new programs there. I'm I'm going to um, concentrate my efforts, it looks like, on YouTube at, at the present time. That looks like the greatest way to reach people on social media. Okay. Uh, Folks, love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Let me go ahead and get this uh, cut uploaded for you and get us back on track. Maria says, our passport office is on strike for five weeks. Praise God, it renewed a few weeks ago. Yes, indeed. Yeah, um, I was told today, I just inquired, what would it take to get a travel visa if I wanted to take the family back to America? Uh, We haven't seen any of our folks for seven years. Um, They said, I would put it in now if you're going to do it. There is a big backlog. So I think uh, there's going to be a lot of delays going forward, too, as events in the world kind of heat up. If you are in need of updating any document out there, whether it be a driver's license, getting a copy of your birth certificate, uh, passport, whatever, better to do it now. I will tell you the truth. Um, the last push I did personally uh, was in 2000, uh, early, uh, January 2020, probably. And um, I went in there. I had to update uh, a few things myself. I had to get uh, get some driver's licenses here in the country and make a, um, a run up to the uh, consulate. And I will tell you something. No sooner had I done it, but everything pretty much went into blackout mode. A pandemic, and um, I wouldn't have gotten it done. Maybe for two years. I don't know. I'm so glad I got it done when I did, because uh, good grief. No, no sooner had I done it, but then uh, things kind of locked down. So there we are. Okay. Praise the Lord. Folks, um, love you all. Thank you for tuning in today, and we'll see you later tonight, God willing. In Jesus' name.